Hello and welcome to That Business Podcast. I'm Caleb Tanner. And I'm Corey Bortry. I'm an investor who owns the website Finance by CWT that focuses on the financial world. I'm a graphic designer and consultant uh, uh, the family business, Stone Tree Signs. I'm also running for office right now. And so in this episode, well, first off, it's been a long time since we've actually made one of these. You know, we've both been so busy, like he and his campaign, me starting a business. You know, there's been a lot going on right now, but we had some time and we wanted to make another one. And in this episode, it's actually very interesting. So Corey is, you know, he is basically starting like a podcast network where, from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, well, actually, why don't you kind of describe what you're doing? Absolutely. So it started when I had a group of, uh, um, people. Sorry, I, I just had a, <laughs> I had a completely, I had a complete brain fart on that. So it started as an idea, basically, of uh, a political blog, which I've always done for, a, which I've done for a long time, and. What I wanted to do was kind of expand it. Uh, obviously, we've done this podcast. I've done some other types of video content in the past, and we've been, you know, working at that. So, what we've done with building up this uh, this group, the plan is to have a platform where different people can host their podcasts. Which for it does a couple things. For one, it gets the word out and it creates. A variety of different conservative opinions, which is something I'm very passionate about building up. The second thing it does is produces revenue for the site in order to actually expand it further so that any one of these people would not have as far a reach as they will together. I've also worked with some grassroots people on a, you know, on the ground level, and we're actually going to start a nonprofit with it whose goal is to host events and stuff and actually create a grassroots movement around Carolina conservatives and the way we're going to do that or the the reason we're going to do that is to basically not just have it to where people are just talking and nothing ever happens it's to actually create an activist group around the messaging of the site that's pretty much it yeah for me like what I'm doing with podcasts is a lot different. So I own finance by CWT.com, which is a website basically promoting financial content. You know, we have a lot of different YouTube channels. We have right now a finance blog, starting a crypto blog actually. And basically what I do is it's the website someone can go to and just learn everything they might need to know about investing, retirement, budgeting, all of that stuff. And there's a lot of like premium services on there as well. But what I'm doing with podcasts is, you know, a lot of the articles that I wrote, you know, I, you know, obviously wrote them and there's limitations that come with that kind of like content. So what I'm doing is, is expanding further in an audio show called Financial Deep Dive with CWT, where I go in further with what I just wrote about, like in an audio, you know, kind of way. And then also I have a CWT business or like the CWT business audio show where I discuss different like business projects, starting business entrepreneurship and all that stuff. And those together is kind of like my podcast network. But the reason I say what I'm using podcasts for and what like Corey's using podcasts for is different is that while when it comes to articles on Finance by CWT, while right now I'm writing the majority of them, 
You know, I also have many other people that, you know, submit articles for the site as well. But with podcasts, at least right now, and what I plan to do is just me, where I make the podcast. But, you know, obviously with Corey, you know, I don't know. I think you have a plan for a podcast. But a lot of the podcasts can be other people's podcasts and you're just hosting it. And I think that's interesting is that, you know, it's such a different way to do it. Or like to use this like method of like business, or like podcasting. No, agreed. I think it's um, I think it's a different uh, platform. But I think the only way to make something you know truly bigger than you long term is to have it to where other people can grow their ideas. Now, um, obviously, you know, not everybody who is conservative is going to be the next Rush Limbaugh. And, you know, as much as I would, you know, as much as I would like to reach as many people as he did, I think my best way to reach as many people as possible and change minds is to have a network of people around me. And then with the nonprofit arm, you also pull in a group of people who are very dedicated to your cause. Yeah, that's one thing that um, like one way that your like podcast network and my podcast network like, one advantage I think you're going to have is that, you know, right now I do 100% of the marketing for the network, whereas you will not have to because the people that have a podcast on your platform will be doing their own marketing. So I think that's one advantage that you're going to have. I think one advantage that I'm going to have is cross-promotion because people that enjoy one of my podcasts will like a lot more of them will enjoy the other one that comes on there because they're so similar and have like you have the same host. So I think that's an advantage I'm gonna have and that's an advantage that you're gonna have. Do you agree? So yeah, I think both of us are going about the same thing in the other or in different ways. You basically use guest posts in order to make sure that both of you are marketing your site. What I do is I actually tie somebody's mark. I, I help somebody start in exchange for tag, tying their marketing into mine. So, and again, I am by the way like it's a private company because I think that's the best way to go about you know accomplishing the goals that are necessary to really you know, accomplish what we need to do. Um, but the, the point is my marketing is integrate integrated with these different podcasts very closely so that, uh, these people will always be an F or a connection to Carolina conservatives. And the way that I hold them there is not via, you know, force or contract, but by actually having a audience big enough to want them to be there. Then long term, they have, you know, rights to, you know, part of the profits they produce. And that keeps them more motivated to stay there and create content and grow the movement. So one question I have is that, um, and this unfortunately is very off topic, but I'm curious since you brought it up. You mentioned that like Carolina Conservatives is a private company. Do you plan to keep it that way or do you imagine it becoming like publicly traded? Like, is that a goal? I meant uh, privately, you know, versus a uh, non-profit. Like, I meant it to say it's like a private Oh, it's a profitable business. Yeah, no, I understand what you mean. It is a – I understand why uh, your mind would go to being private company versus publicly traded. I mean, if it got big enough, you know, I would see it potentially going that route. But also, I don't think I would do it actually on the publicly traded network i'd be more likely to do it with uh actually still a private company but selling portions of it because 
the reason for that is you don't want to have something out there when it comes to actually political views change because we've seen that with organizations in the past like that also you have to be very careful when you're cutting up a company like that especially when it anything related to speech and information because what ends up happening is a corporation that wants to control the flow of information will usually buy out that organization and then change it slightly and then instead of having a place where i have people who wanted to be there and are you know speaking like that you end up with this thing where they have to choose between losing their audience and, or losing their um, or losing their values, and I wouldn't want to put people in that situation. So that's why I'm wanting to keep some control around the freedoms that our riders have. Yeah, it's, it's different for me. Like um, finance by CWT, you know, I own a holding company called CWT Holdings, which owns finance by CWT, and I imagine that my goal is to make CWT Holdings publicly traded. I either want, like, I know for a fact that, you know, what I want CWT Holdings to do is own a lot of other companies, and it, you know, does currently, but I want to expand on that, and going publicly traded would give me a lot more money to buy other businesses with, like e-commerce stores is what I'm looking at now, but, like, without that, I know that I want to take companies that CWT Holdings owns quite a bit of, and make those publicly traded because it'd make my stock worth more. But I don't know if I want to make CUNT Holdings itself publicly traded. I think I do, but I'm not sure. I do know, and I think you probably want to do this as well, I would imagine, is after I build you know, my podcasting network, my blogging network, YouTube, all that stuff, is crowdfund it on like Republic or Start Engine and have my existing network of people that already support the kind of content that I make buy stock in it. That's not a bad idea and I could definitely see doing something long term in order to build more Republican media groups. Yeah, I mean you it can just literally depends on what the best way at the time is to grow it. Yeah, like especially like if you grow quite like a huge network under Carolina Conservatives you could crowdfund it, keep it privately held, but crowdfund it through your own network. The only issue I see with that route is that most people that, you know, invest into a startup in their mind, it's so that when the startup becomes publicly traded, they'll be able to liquidate their stock, which, you know, if you're not planning that, you know, it comes like, well, how do your investors make money? So the invest, yeah, the investors in uh, Carolina Conservative. It's really hard to pin down who you would want doing that, which is another reason it definitely it isn't as open to that model. In fact, Carolina Conservatives is more open to the model of building revenue via saying basically, and this is what you see with like uh, Stephen Crowder is a good example of it. Is he supplies good conservative information, and it's really it's, it's the rule of the free market. Is if you like this and you want to support it you're probably willing to pay for something they get that you're going to buy anyway. You know, for example, we saw a ton of let's go branded materials out in, um, you know, different places with the, you know, unpopularity of Joe Biden right now. And like 
the best way to like create revenue so that you can expand a right wing blog of some sort is usually via giving people ways to show that they are conservative and to identify fellow fans in public. So, I mean, that's why, like, you know, what I have right now is kind of our variation of the MAGA hat. It's $25 for the Carolina conservative Patriots cap. And it is kind of made to be a trucker cap style hat with the Carolina conservatives logo on it. And it's just to kind of show it's like, you know, hey, it's one, it's the kind of uh, dog whistle support for President Trump. I mean, our slogan is making news great. So is that how you like, is that how you plan to monetize your podcast is through like merch stores, basically? it, It is mainly. I mean, that's the thing is it's like I'm not. I don't do it entirely to make a profit on there because like, first of all, if I was one to make a profit, I would probably have done a pet pet based aggregator or something because people spend billions on pets per year. Uh, The political one is more or less a way to drive the market in the directions I want it to go and in the free marketplace of ideas. Um, that does, you know, eventually if it got successful enough to where I was able to invest into it so it grew, would I be taking, would I take a salary and stuff? Yes, but there is monetization there, but it is to expand the company and uh, expand the organization for, you know, all of its users. What um, I mean, though, is, um, like, is that the only way that you plan to, like, monetize the podcast? Or do you think you'll sell, like, ad space? Or, like, launch, well, like, premium methods? Or... We'll probably do all three at different times. But the thing is, you can't monetize something unless it's good. So I'm waiting to get a basically good following there of people who realize, hey, these guys are actually, you know, these guys aren't rhinos. These guys aren't a bunch of shills. They're actually giving good information. At that point, that's when you would say, hey, if you really want to help us out, we're going to produce another half hour that's premium content. And we would love for you to buy Carolina Conservatives Premium, or potentially you could go the other way and say, hey, we're going to sell ad space, and if you want it to be ads-free, you've got to pay premium. There's a bunch of different ways you can do that. Or maybe you know, maybe there are certain podcasts who uh, – and this is definitely a good way to do it if these, uh, if you know, certain users say, hey, I would like to stay on Carolina Conservatives platform, but I don't feel like I'm getting enough to stay on the platform – that's when you would consider making this entire podcast premium, putting behind a paywall in order to allow, you know, in order to fund that person on the platform. It kind of proves their worth, too. Well, I also think that, um, so if you use Anchor for distribution, which is what I use, I don't know if you do or will, but on Anchor, they have Anchor ads, which you can turn on, which... I have not yet for, um, I have for the CBT Business Audio Show, and that's done well. I have not for Financial Deep Dive, because I want to build the audience first. And once you start selling ad space, it's a, like it's harder. It's better to have the audience first. But regardless, you know, they have Anchor ads that you can turn on, where you could like, you know, where they find the ads for you. You can also sell your own ad space, which I plan to do. Also, and this is cool, they have this thing where you don't have to go to, like, a Patreon or, like, um, you know, the platform like that. They have a membership network where people can say, you know, I love this podcast. I want to be a member of this podcast, and I'm going to donate this amount of money per month to do that. And I imagine, like, long term, I want to do that and give people the option to support the show. 
And I also, and I'm already working on this, I want to start a financial community, like, on, like, a Patreon. And, you know, I think the podcast will grow that. But just podcast revenue, I just started on financebycwt.com. I started a um, sponsor, like, sponsor tab where, you know, people can reach out to me that want to sponsor the website. And I think that'll be very profitable. But long term, I'd like to turn on that, like, turn that on for podcasts as well. And sell my own ad space. But right now, my only focus is growing the actual network itself. Because I want finance by CWT. Like, I want if someone's like, hey, I want to start investing. Obviously, I need to go to finance by CWT to research more. You know, I don't want people going to, like, Forbes or The Motley Fool. Like, I need finance by CWT to either be the website on people's minds as the place to learn this stuff. And because of that... You know, the revenue is has to be secondary. Exactly. And revenue is definitely secretary for me. My main goal is to right now break even and get as many people on the platform as possible because um, the flow of information is, I think, one of the most important things to uh, try and basically take back as you conservatives. We've lost it to the liberal left and uh, rhino conservatives on the right. And I think that is the place to start as far as building up a new network. How long do you think it's going to take you to break even? Because I don't know if you want to say it publicly, but like, how much I, have you spent on the like on Carolina Conservatives so far? I probably have less than four hundred dollars in all of it. I think that um, I haven't done much advertising. I I think my guess would be that I've spent. About $170 on Finance by CWT so far. Although a lot of that was website hosting, domain name, all that stuff. Insecurity for the domain name. Because yeah, most of my stuff has been uh, that along with like $200 of ads on Facebook. Um, yeah, like I, I plan to do a lot of advertising. But right now, um, content marketing is my like main priority where... You know, I feel like I feel like what a lot of companies do, they start a website, and I'm not saying you did this because you didn't, but they spend like a ton of money on advertising, and they get, you know, a website with a certain amount of views, and they're like, I did it. But those views don't come back because they came like they came from ads. And to me, first you need to make sure the content's good. So when people come to the website, they come back. And also if you make the right content online platforms like build you know a following then i feel like that's a lot more profitable like i saw someone's advice and i don't agree with it but i agree with the overall principle just not the numbers but like you know your first like fifty thousand people you know that's the amount of people you need from content marketing and then after that you need to start spending ads right and so that's effectively what I've learned over time. I spent some ads and everything to kind of get an initial following, which I wanted. But what I did learn was that it was definitely better to kind of wait on it and see what would happen putting stuff together like that. Um, and I agree with you. I think building the content first is definitely more important than having the ads. I mean, if I had built an active community and then ran ads, Carolina Conservatives would be much bigger today. Yeah. Um, 
my I think right now with the new team members I have, you know, the uh, amount of people who are in support who are wanting it on a local level, along with kind of intertwining it with grassroots organizations at the low or at the you know ground level where it's people who you actually know personally who are on the site and for you know something that is locally based like carolina conservatives and faces local issues like one of our our first podcast out right now is actually on a book that's in moore county schools so very local issues so the net the initial marketing is actually going to be to people who have actually know you and realize that you're a competent person to listen to so you know from, from what i'm seeing is uh i expect to be with the i expect to be broke broken even and expanding within a year yeah i think um which i haven't spent that much so it won't be too difficult you know I, i'd say like i'm you know actually like money i'm not really concerned with breaking even I, like I, i think realistically if i wanted to i could break even next month I think, but I don't know, my main concern is really getting as many people knowing that Finance by CBT exists as possible, and like I've done a lot of uh, TikTok, I've done a lot of like Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts I just started, and because like it's so easy to get views on there, and because of that like thousands upon thousands of people have now discovered that Finance by CBT exists, which is not a lot. You know, I need it to be a lot more because, I've, like, I've done the math and I know what level of people I need on the website to actually make what I want to make. But, you know, it's a start. Like, it's starting to get out there a little bit more. And I think that's a good thing. Right. No, I, I definitely, um, yeah, to, to summarize, I think what you're doing is better. <laughs> Well, I think we're probably doing the same thing. Cause I mean, neither of us have spent that much money on like, like especially compared to like most startups. Like, neither of us have spent that much at all. Like, I'd say we're, I think we're focused yeah. on the right things. And like, I kind of did what you did. Like, I ran a few ads, and my goal with the ads was just to see like really how like what I who I need to target. So first, I ran an ad where you know I didn't really targets like a specific age at all and you know i didn't obviously like to people interested in finance i didn't do a particular gender or anything and what i found was that you know which gender responds more highly to the ads which age group responds more highly to the ads and then i ran others more focused on them found other segments and now i feel like because of that i know exactly who i need to target to grow the site and that was one thing that i wanted to know because facebook ads are a lot more difficult than people like imagine i feel like most people think it works they're like you know facebook harvest data so i'll just you know publish an ad and facebook knows who to show it to and they do and they don't like you actually have to get like it's very specific because while facebook can bring people to your website they're and i saw like i saw this online and you know i'm paraphrasing like poorly here but basically something like 90 to like 98 of people that click on your website are clicking on it just because they want to see what it is you know they get like they see an ad and they're like i'm curious what that is they click on it they'll never buy anything so they just click on it see what it is especially if you're like an e-commerce brand that's useless like those people clicking on it is completely useless to your goals 
But that 2%, the 2% that actually buy it, that's what's important. And while Facebook can bring people to your website, you have to figure out how to target only that 2% of people. Like with something we're doing, it's different because we just need people seeing the content itself. For something like an e-commerce store, like it's so important to avoid 98% of people. Yeah, no, I definitely, um, I definitely learned a lot about the advertisements as well. For example, um, if you target somebody uh, as likely to interact with conservative content, that doesn't necessarily mean they're conservative. It means they may, they actually, it may be rather liberal and likely to interact with conservative content, which, yeah. which means uh, you get a lot of negativity and stuff. So there's definitely a lot of stuff I've learned building the podcast as far as, you know, or building the articles and blog and everything as far as like what people like, what people don't, what gets people to like and share versus what doesn't. I mean, my most popular video ever has been the top 10 uh, rhinos in the U.S. Congress, believe it or not. That one was really big and then it got another couple hundred views whenever people were very angry, uh, very angry about certain things that happened in uh, 2020 and then the word rhino got Googled a lot. Yeah, dude. One other question I have for you is let's say that one of our listeners, right, they hear that, you know, we're starting podcasts and that we own this podcast. So let's say... For whatever reason, you know, they track you down, they email you, and you get an email, and it says, hey, I was listening to your last podcast, or last Be a Podcast episode, you know, I want to start a business myself, do you think podcasting is a good way to do that? What would you say? I'd say I think podcasting is a good thing to do if you're an expert in something, you know, I mean... Uh, Caleb, I know for a fact that you have been doing hardcore business and content creation since you were 15 or 14. Even younger. I started my first YouTube channel at 11. Hardcore, like money-wise, 15. Right. So you have been doing this for 10 years. Um, People see that I'm 22 years old and running for office, but I took an interest and was studying politics in 2015 or 2014 and you know was studying more and more into the 2015 and 16 elections and uh you know from there i've been in politics for nearly seven years um yeah you have it's not it's not something that you can just do overnight you know it's like you get that hankering to do something that's good but you need to learn about it before people give a damn what you think and that's the kind of issue with, you know, podcasts. Now, Gary Vee makes a very good point on that. He said, all right, if you find something and you just know that you're going to do it, right, you love it, you've learned a tremendous amount in the first year, and you can do that. It takes a lot of hours because, I mean, keep in mind, I wasn't working 40 hours a week on politics for the last eight years. If you get the hours in to know enough about it to start learning and look competent while learning, you are able to basically document your learning, and that is in itself – something you can do and that is a niche you can actually do is hey i'm currently learning about this i've seen a lot of violin students do that i've seen a lot of business people do that too one of my favorite podcast series ever there was a guy that was starting a business and he was like i'm gonna podcast the entire journey and he do nothing like at the beginning and then like you slowly see him start learning more about it and like sharing that with people Absolutely. And, you know, I've met it and I've met the I've met the type of person in, you know, politics like it'll be somebody running for Congress and they never really 
you know, did a lot before or whatever. I mean, I know people now and they're like, they're on their second run for Congress. They learned a little bit more now, but um, it's like they ran for Congress and they thought they were just going to come in, raise no money, spend no money. And they thought that they were going to, you know, change, you know, they were going to awaken the sheep, so to speak. And they were going to, you know, uh, they were going to change the way politics, you know, worked. And what I learned is it's like, well, no, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. You need to know why people vote for something and you need to, uh, actually learn what people think and then you actually have to be the best person for a job in order to you know really have a chance at winning you at least have to be able to convince people you're the best person for the job yeah that's very true but do you think like podcasting is a good business itself like if someone started a business and they're like you know pod like they're interested in podcasting like let's or let's say someone just just wants to start a business would you suggest podcasting to them or just would you suggest they do something else um, I, again, I just think it depends on, I think it depends on the person. I think it depends on what they're an expert in. I think there's things that can be a bod- podcast that are really good. And I think there's things that, you know, would not make for a good podcast. But, uh, I think the answer is yes. Podcasting has a lot of potential and it can also act as supplementary to whatever business you are doing. Yeah. I think the same, like if, if I got an email right now and it said, Hey, you know, I want to start a business. I'm thinking podcast. You know, do you think that's a good thing? I'd be like, well, first off, you know, most podcasts do not succeed at all. But also, most businesses don't succeed either. Like, 90% of startups fail. So, if you want to start a business and you're that kind of person that is not scared by statistics like that, then start the podcast. But I'd also tell them that there's a lot of easier businesses to do than podcasting. Like, businesses are much easier to create. Like, for me, if I wanted to make, or let's say for some reason I was in a challenge and it's like, you have to make a million dollars this year, podcasting would be, like, the last thing on my list. Like, there's so much easier ways, I think, to make a business. But if you really care about podcasting and that's what you really want to do, then you're probably going to fail, but that shouldn't scare you, for one, if you're the kind of person to start a business. And with that, there's a lot of ways to make money. You just have to make really good content and know how to market it. I think that's what I would say. Agreed. No, I think that's a good way to put it. Is it definitely has potential to succeed, but you know, it's it's not necessarily easy. You have to have a special. You have to have the skills to succeed at it. And but that goes for everything. So I think it definitely has potential. Yeah, and I think that um, I think my podcast, you know, financial deep dive with CWT. Is going to be extremely successful. Not necessarily because of itself. And what I mean by that is, I think my blogs are going to grow tremendously this year. I think my, you know, media channels are going to grow tremendously this year. And because all those are growing so much, I think a lot of them will convert to podcast listeners. I think that that is a much easier. I think growing a podcast that way is so much easier. That if all I had was a podcast, like if all I had was just one podcast, nothing else, I think it'd be like a million times harder to make that podcast succeed. Yeah, agreed. I definitely agree with that. I think it's, um, and that's the other thing though, is it's like, you can't have a podcast about having a podcast. No, you can. In fact, I tried. <laughs> I really so did. I- Cause like with CMC Business Audio Show... For a while, like while I was in school, you know, I didn't really have any 
I mean, I had business projects. My main project was like my podcast, my blog, creating like business content. And I was trying to like blog my or podcast my experience. And I'm like, how do I podcast my experience of podcasting? No, exactly. I mean, but I'll tell I'll tell you this: there's, there's a there's a YouTuber right now. I forget their name. They're a drag racer, and they have these little like you know drag races across the country that they go to, and they run a daily blog. You would not think that people cared about a day in their life or whatever, but I mean, heck, even my dad watches their show and he keeps up with the, you know, he keeps up with everything happening in that industry by watching their little blog. It's like if you can blog this little guy, you know, these guys who, and it's not like it's NASCAR drivers or something. These guys are running a little like home built car that they made. Not only wrong, the thing is dang fast, but it's yeah. like. If this is a you know small time vehicle that these guys have made into something, and they actually have a fan base. People are buying shirts and stuff. So anything can be made into a blog. Although the one thing I do urge you is, if somebody's listening to this and says, "Man, I'm gonna have a blog, and it's gonna be about my family and their day to day lives," please don't do that. It's creepy, and parents yes. often become bad parents when they do that. No, they do, and also like I'll say that. Um... You know, there's almost 8 billion people on this planet. Odds are, someone's interested in what you're interested in. So if you have, like, an interest in, let's say, everyone that you know, like, you don't know anyone that shares that interest, odds are, statistically speaking, there are other people that share it. You just gotta find them, which is why marketing it is so important. Yeah, I know. I mean, finding out where those people are, like for me, it's like I realized that I don't think you can, uh, I don't, I think you can get moderately big by doing stuff, but I think you have to have a budget already if you're going to build something like the traditional way, um, like a big budget. But it's like if you're wanting mm -hmm. to do something and kind of grow it, I think marketing, you know, finding out where those people are and actually being a member of the community is a must. Yeah, I do too. And like, same thing with like finance, like, you know, investing is by far you know, my biggest passion in life. I simply love it. Like, if someone asks me, they're like, you know, why do you invest so much of your money? It's not even that I want to be financially secure, which is, I mean, that is a big part of it. But the main reason is that it's what I enjoy. Like, I just love learning about stocks. And out of the people I know, you know, I don't necessarily know many people that share like I know many people that invest. I don't know many people who just love learning about it. But I know for a fact that there's a lot of people out there that are into what I'm interested in. And I've learned that like with finance by CVC, it's like I might not know them, but I can find them. And you know, that's what really what social media has been so good for is building a community of people that think the way I think and giving them like basically writing the content that I want to read. Because if I want to read it, so will they. Yes, 100%. That's the other thing. It's like if it feels low quality to you, it feels low quality to others as well. You have to do something that sounds good and is good. Yeah, and I also think that um, I, I think that it's best when it's something that you're actually like passionate about. Like I may have mentioned it before, and Corey, like you definitely know this. When I was 16, I made a website where I just wrote about conspiracy theories. And making money was the last thing on my mind. I made it because, one, I love writing, which is weird about me. Like, I simply love writing. And at the time, I was really interested in conspiracy theories. I thought they were the most fun things in the world. 
So I just made a website writing about them because I enjoyed it. You know, I really didn't do any marketing. I mean, I did some marketing for it, like on YouTube, Instagram, stuff like that. But I didn't spend a single dollar on it. You know, I was just having fun. And it got really popular. It got monetized with Google Ads and made money. And that was the furthest thing on my mind. I just did because I enjoy it. Which, any other business... And I feel like Corey might disagree with me on this, and 90% of people will. But most kinds of businesses, it doesn't matter if you enjoy it. It matters if people want it and you can make money doing it. But I feel like podcasting, it has to be something that you enjoy. Anna, do you agree with that? Um, yes, I think if you don't enjoy podcasting, I think that that in itself is a problem. Like, I don't think that that's going to go well, so... But do you think that's like majority of businesses that that's not true, that you don't have to enjoy it? Hmm. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I think most of the time, like 99% of the time, yes. But also, I don't know. I, I mean, I know you've known guys who actually do it, but I can't imagine you enjoy selling timeshares. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't even know about that because, like, um, I feel like being a timeshare salesman... I feel like you would enjoy it because, you know, you're working at an amazing resort that you probably have access to. And I feel like you'd love that part of it. And I feel like sales itself is just fun. So I think people would enjoy that. But I wouldn't enjoy selling like a timeshare. That's fair. I mean, that that's also why I don't sell timeshares is that I'm not into it. So maybe that rule does apply there. Yeah, but what I like the reason I say you don't want to be passionate about like what you do in business is I'm not passionate about clothing. Well, there's some kind of clothing I am passionate about. Like uh, I run like a Bitcoin merchandise e-commerce store, and I'm insanely passionate about that because I simply love Bitcoin. But you know, let's say a regular clothing brand that had nothing to do with like investing at all. Like let's say you know. I started a random clothing brand and put, a, like, you know, let's say some cool designs on it. I'm not passionate about that at all, but I'm 100% sure I could sell it. Right. I mean, I think you're still passionate about sales, though, which is a part of that. Like, it may be That's there true. has to be some aspect that you do enjoy of it. That's true. I'd have fun marketing and selling it i think i guess i might be wrong because i think that um to do it you have to be passionate but also like we know a lot of people that have jobs that aren't passionate at all but they still do it and i feel like if you could you could own a business and like view it as like a job in that sense but right but the question is would you be happy doing that and i don't necessarily think so no you would and you probably wouldn't be nearly as successful but you could do it, but I don't think you could really podcast about something that you don't care about and be right. successful at it. I mean, the number one thing that humans are really good at, uh, like something really interesting. Um, I was, I had a picture of myself the other day that had to be photoshopped because it was going on a mailer. Um, and well, I'm not necessarily a mailer an ad. Um, mailers are expensive. Um, um 
yeah, it's, it's like, you know, palm card and stuff, but it's like, you have like these, uh, you know, palm cards and stuff, uh, the, the, the image has to be photoshopped. Otherwise it, you look frumpy. Like most of that stuff you're going to see, like the shirt's been artificially less wrinkled than it was, unless you just have like absolutely perfectly fit clothing and stuff. So, uh, what, what was interesting is I had an entire image where the entire tie was basically blown by the wind and was facing the wrong direction. Like you saw the entire back of the tie. My entire shirt was photoshopped back to look right. That's but there's another image of me where I have a little bit of uh, basically stubble. And the stubble is harder to get rid of than the entire tie because humans can detect a face that's been edited. And it makes people very uncomfortable looking at it and they can't even tell why sometimes. Um, but you can actually have something that's photoshopped on your face that actually makes people weirded out by your face even even if it was a really good job like you just can't do it these are like you know the best i mean some of the best graphic designers you know ever you know in my opinion um you know i was like you know like these are people who are like could teach classes and stuff and like they're not able to do it well enough like well like i say it's like they replaced an entire shirt and the shirt looked great but they couldn't touch a little piece of stubble or else it would not look right it was it's quite interesting to see Oh yeah, like that one website you showed me where it's like, um, like you see, like this person doesn't exist.com, I think it is. Yeah, this person does not exist.com is an AI created face. But the and thing everything is, is in the right place, but you get uncomfortable looking at it. And the thing is, I think people detect that in your voice. I think there's something about us as humans that is very, you know, it's very spiritual. And I think people can detect somebody who's not being honest. I think so too. And, like, I think that, um, you know, when I go out on my microphone, I film, like, a podcast, and, you know, I'm talking about, like, stocks or something about, like, finance, and, like, people can see that I'm, like, insanely interested by it and, like, excited to talk about it, whereas, like, let's say I was doing a podcast on, you know, fashion, and I don't care about that at all, I think people would be able to tell the difference, you know, they'd be like, and I don't think people would want to listen to me talk about that because I think they'd be able to tell that I'm not interested. And I feel like that'd be insulting almost. Like if I was trying to find a business podcast and they didn't seem interested, I'd be insulted that they were talking about something that I love and are bored by it. Yeah, no, I mean, it just, uh, it does, it's not going to fare well. It's like, it's, it's like running as a Democrat when you're a Republican or something. Like I've seen people say that I've been on online forums that are like, you know, people running for office and stuff. And they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm a liberal and a conservative area and I'm running for office. And even like the other liberals in those chats are like, well, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But I, 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 I think I agree that, um, like, we can almost tell when people are, like, faking it. Exactly. And, uh, unfortunately, though, it's harder to tell when somebody is actually just wrong. Because they actually do believe in what they're saying, even if they are wrong. Yeah, which is kind of dangerous, almost. Because someone can be 100% confident in what they're saying and be 100% wrong on it. Agreed. No, 100%. But no, that definitely uh, kind of outlines, uh, that outlines like my opinion on that as far as that goes. Like, yeah, you have to care about what you're talking about. Do you think that, um, so let's say someone starts a podcast and it starts doing really well. 
Do you think they should turn ads on Ford, or do you think they should not? Um, I think they should leave ads off as long as possible, and then if they can actually, you know, I mean, if I, I wouldn't, it's the type of thing where it's like, don't quit your day job, don't have a day job, and be running ads. Yeah, I actually agree with that, like, um, I know, you know, I run a, like, it's like my CMT business blog, you know, once that started getting, like, you know, views, I was like, should I do what I did for my conspiracy like theory website like back in the day? Should I go, you know, apply to AdSense and see if I can get ads on it? Because in my opinion, I looked at it and I was like, that is literally free money that I'm just giving up because I'm making the content, but I'm not showing the ads. So I did some research on it. And what the research told me is like, one, when you get ads, people don't like ads. So you're going to lose some of your audience. And that was enough for me because I did not want to do that. And two, it slows growth. So in my opinion, once you're at more than enough audience where you can make sufficient amount of money, I think that's when you should turn on ads. Because you lose some audience most likely and it'll be harder to grow it. But to me, like, ads is almost like when you're done. Like, when you're done growing or just ready. Obviously, there's exceptions. Something like YouTube. I think people are just used to seeing ads. So I think... I don't think that'll hurt you. But I feel like for a podcast... Like, when you start a podcast and someone's selling to you... Well, it's kind of annoying. And, like, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and most of them have ads on it. And I deal with it. But it is annoying to hear an ad in the middle of a podcast. And when your goal is to get it, people to listen, you shouldn't annoy the people that are listening, in my opinion. No, 100%. And, you know, it's like, I think um, I think it takes a while to grow. Um, I think it has definitely is a long time to, you know, build up. And, um, you know, I think it's definitely, it, it's, an, it's a long-term investment into it, right? Like, I'm not going to be showing ads um for a long time on that you know and again like since i'm kind of like working like you know right now with one of our fir our first member of you know carolina conservatives network it's like they have their you know they have i think they're using anchor separately yeah. so it's like in that sense they'll have the revenue from any ads on their platform but the thing is I'm, I'm also hosting them on our site and stuff so it's like it's it's going to be a symbiotic relationship yeah because you'll um, be able to put ads on your right. platform so it's not confirmed yet although because of who it is because of who some of these guys are um and i know that they actually know the lieutenant governor um you know it could be that mark robinson is on their uh you know on their podcast that i've helped them you know have a platform for for so it'll be you know this carolina conservatives you know podcast right away having you know mark robinson which can definitely jumpstart the growth um, and the thing is, I'm not charging people for that. I'm not going to be running ads on the site or anything. I'm wanting people to come to my platform and watch it, you know, to build that and also have people say, wow, I want to be a part of the Carolina Conservatives Network. Like they have full statewide Republican officials on. This is a, this is a definitely a big show. So that's kind of, uh, you know, it's like you, you build your uh, audience first, you know, you build that, you know, you build it to the size that you want it to be before you start running ads, you know, like I go ahead and if you want to set up something that's not an ad that can produce revenue, if somebody wants it like a t-shirt or something, I enjoy that. Like, that's fine. No, I actually love that. Cause a lot of times like 
<coughs> if I'm a fan of something, then I'm happy there's t-shirts and like, oh, I'll have the option to wear, which might be something I want. But I feel like it adds uninviting and you're trying to invite people to like listen. And also, do you listen to a lot of podcasts, Corey? Um, I listen to a good handful. So let's say you listen to a podcast and you listen to a podcast and you hear an ad start. What do you do? Well, it depends. I mean, a lot of times I will, uh, a lot of, it depends on who it is. See, for me, I mainly listen to uh, podcasts that are fairly well established and that I know from elsewhere. So it's like, uh, you know, one of them is uh, Stephen Crowder's, uh, you know, show, which he airs as a podcast as well. I listen to that, um, and he does run ads and stuff, and usually I'll skip through them, to be honest. No, that was my point, like, um, and I hesitate to say this, because there are ads on the CMT Business Audio Show, and I don't want people to skip them, but a lot of times if I'm listening to a podcast and an ad comes on, you know, I take on my phone, I push, like, skip to 30 seconds ahead. And, you know, I don't listen. And I think most people do that. And I think as long as that's an option, I don't think really... I can't imagine that ads are too, like, effective on podcasts. Which I'm most likely wrong. Because I know a lot of businesses that, you know, market really only that way. But I can't imagine most people are listening to it. No, I think most people at least psychologically tune them out, if not skipping like we do. Yeah, I think most people skip it. That'd be like my bet. Certainly know if that's as effective. I think merchandise is the way to go. And, like, the margins on merchandise are pretty good. Like you said, how much money do you sell your hats for? $25, you said? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to confirm, like, nor deny, but my best guess would be that it costs you around, like, $10 to actually make that. It actually costs, um, so it actually costs 18 Um. Oh, I forgot that you don't like, um, well, you're not drop shipping it, are you? Well, um, in that case, I'm drop shipping it from a company, but like, yeah, the margins are uh, the margins are a little higher on the are, are a little lower on those than if you did. There are ways to make it cheaper, but the thing is, right now, I just care about actually getting the hat out there because I care more about making sure people can get them rather than um, doing anything else. Also, like, I have uh, kind of the same principle. I have uh, other embroidered shirts and stuff, but those are drop shipped from Printful. Well, that that was kind of my thing. I thought you were not drop shipping, so I thought it'd be cheaper. I know, because I use Teespring for drop shipping, and I think hats for me would be about the same. T-shirts, I can get those for ten dollars a piece, and I sell those for twenty. And um, yeah, so those, I mean, the thing is, with something like that, or even those hats, you're making like seven bucks a hat. If you have a good amount of people listening, and you assume a one percent conversion rate, which is probably what you would get. So like one percent of an audience buying hats, making seven dollars a hat. With enough of an audience, you're making really good money. So it makes oh, absolutely. And the thing is, you'd make more money with the conversion rate you have buying hats from your store than you would from people advertising and taking advantage of your conversion rate there and buying from their store. Because you keep a hundred percent of the profit your way. And you're paying zero dollars to market it, so right. It's the like to me. That's the most obvious way to do it. Right, and I also think um, 
like those deals where it's like, you know, hey, you get 10% off if you're going to do this and it's a good deal. Um, I definitely think if you're going to do ads, it's best to keep control and make sure it's you say giving the ad and not someone else. Um, because so I sometimes will skip the ad from Steven Crowder, right? Yeah. But I always skip an ad if the voice changed. Yeah, I uh, see. Yeah, Ben Shapiro actually has a better pitch for his ads because one, he's very fast with them, so it doesn't give you enough time to really skip. And it's like a good, um, it's like a good fifteen seconds. It says, "Oh, and speaking of, you know, I was listening to this book the other day, and it was about this. I listened to it on Audible. You can get Audible here. Use the slash link, Shapiro. And uh, I actually happen to know, like back in the day, it was like fifty or sixty dollars you got for every Audible sign up, but it's less now. Yeah, I imagine a lot less. But it I is, will. But, like there was a good, it was a good margin." I will say that's what's more effective. I've listened to a podcast and they kind of like ease into the ad or the ad makes sense. Well, the, the ads that I hate are we listen to a podcast in the middle of a conversation and then it stops for a second. Someone else talks and they're like, real quick, let me tell you about the company, you know, whatever. And it interrupts the middle of the conversation. In your mind, you're like, I was listening to that conversation. Let me go back to it. But like, when it flows with it, I think psychologically that like people would listen a lot more that way. No, absolutely. I mean, usually by the time that I would go to skip a Shapiro ad, it was already over. So I've noticed that, and that's the thing, is that would be way more likely for me to do. For example, it's like, oh, yeah, since we're talking about guns, I want to thank our, you know, you know, I want to thank, you know, such and such tactical over here in Ashboro, and uh, I want to let you know that they're running this deal right here if you go online and go slash uh, – Carolina conservatives and you can get such and such for you know this price and it's like you know you're getting and if you're even just getting a cut of what was bought yeah but it's how I'd want to do it like if I was um you know if a lot of people were listening to my podcast and I had a huge audience I want to do most things like affiliate marketing which in a way I already do like I'm financed by cdmt.com you see a um, tab that says investing apps and you know I make money every time someone signs up for an investing app through my site and that's been very beneficial but that's also not i'm not throwing that tab in everybody's face is they like in the middle of the podcast be like oh real quick go to finance by cwt and click the investment app tab you know it's just theirs so all i do is try to get people on finance by cwt and then while they're on there enjoying their content they see that and they're like oh it actually benefit me to start investing and they sign up that way you know, besides it just being on the website, I've done zero marketing for that tab. And that tab is like one of the most profitable things about the company right now. So wow. I, you know, I, say, I think that I think that's good because also I'm a hundred percent positive that that tab being there benefits my viewers more than it benefits me because I mean, they have a good investing app to start investing with. So I think that's good because it actually benefits them and it does benefit right. me, but I think that's a good way to do it. Right. Well, I definitely think that you should never market, allow something on your platform as an app that you would not buy yourself. Yeah, I do too. And in fact, um, so there's three investing apps on that page, and I have two of them. The only reason I don't have all three, well, technically I do have all three. I do have all three apps, but I only use two of them. 
The reason I don't use all three is because one of them's in direct competition with the other and does the exact same thing. And I prefer the other one, which I mentioned like on the site. It's just some people would benefit more than the others based off how they're investing. But if I did not use, which I'd say the name SoFi for my investing, then I would use the other one. Right. No, I def I definitely get that. Like, um, and I will say, like the ads that are like the other ones do work just over time, right? And that's like yeah. the company's goals would change. I think for especially a smaller, more niche audience, I think that merch is definitely the best way to go. I think if you have a large audience, then uh, you know, like say a hundred thousand plus, then it's probably more worth it to give the thirty second spot because nobody's going to turn off your show. More people might skip through it, but also those companies pay for that understanding that that's going to happen. And at that point, you can do better. But at the level that we're talking about, as far as you know, building your side hustle, I don't think you really have to worry about the replayback ads. No, I will say that there has been a. Um... I was listening to a podcast once and heard an ad, like an ad on it that was an immediate cut and all that stuff. And I did end up downloading the app that they were advertising for. Right, well, it's like uh, Steven Crowder advertises something called the Built, Built Bar. And I can't say that those ads are completely ineffective because I almost bought one the other day at, the, at a health food store. So it's like... You know, it does, yeah. like, I do, and it was the type of thing where I was like, eh, you know, I'm not hungry right now, but also it's like I definitely had, like, a buying decision I had to make that I would not have had otherwise. No, like, for me, I was listening to a business podcast, and then it cut, like, to an ad, and they're like, hey, like, if you want to start investing in, like, startups, you know, Our Crowd, which is an app, they're like, like, they're advertising on that, and I was like, that actually sounds like exactly what i'm trying to do right now so i downloaded our crowd to start investing in startups with and i definitely think that um i think it can work but i think you need to be very specific with like if you're a company and let's say you're an investment app i think you should only sponsor investing podcasts and i think that's important like actually making like i mean same with any kind of advertising like making it insanely narrow with who you're reaching. In fact, like when even growing a podcast, like um, let's say you want a podcast and you want to start running Facebook ads for your podcast, what I think is best, and this is what I was, uh, when I was researching how to grow my blog, this is what I found. So think about who you want to listen to your podcast. What are their hobbies? How old are they? Like imagine a, like imagine a listener in your head of what you think will be a listener, and write as many attributes about them as you can, and then target those attributes. I, th I think, I don't know if you've ever heard that, but that's one thing that I've heard like, when growing something like that, too. Mm. Yeah, no, I, d I definitely agree with you on that. It is... Um... Yeah, I mean, I'm, try I'm trying to think about, like, kind of pivoting to another subject on it, but I think we've covered quite a bit on the podcasts. Yeah, I think so, too. Do you have any, like, um, closing thoughts on the matter, like, when it comes to it? I don't know. I think let's summarize it. I think the summarization for me is uh, be don't bullcrap it. Um, you know, know what you're talking about. Have a passion for what you're talking about and uh, put off running ads. Yeah, for me, a summary would be, like, um, or I guess, like, my closing thoughts, you know, 
don't do a podcast, just start a business, do a podcast because you want to do a podcast. Podcasts are very risky, but so is any kind of business. But if you want to do a podcast, think about who to actually market to, create content that people would want, find a way to find the people that would want that content, and lastly, find ways to monetize it, but have revenue be kind of on the back burner a little bit, and just focus on growth. I think that'd be like my closing thoughts, like or like really advice on it. But the main thing, if you don't listen to anything else that I have said personally, Corey's gave some awesome advice. You know, do something like talk about something you want to talk about and have fun with it. Because every podcast I've ever done, I've only done it because I thought it was fun. That's kind of it for me. So, um. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. No, I, but I think we covered a lot of good points. I think so, too. I think it was a very solid episode. But, Corey, let's say someone was listening to this episode and they really like <laughs> you. How can they find your stuff? Well, absolutely. Um, I what, hit me up on Carolina Conservatives on Facebook. That's going to be where I'm most active now. If you want to learn more about me politically, just type in Corey Bortry. My search algorithm stuff is now like it, it actually even comes up the little bar. It says like Corey Bortry politician and stuff. That's that's really cool to me. I, I really like that. Like I've been in enough like news articles and like named in enough places that Google treats me as a quote, public figure, even though I hate the term. And I like it. Um, for me, go to Finance by CWC on any social media platform. You're basically on all of them. Or go to financebycwt.com to learn, you know, what platforms we're on. I hope we see you on the stuff, and I hope that you can benefit from the content that, you know, we're producing. And make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening on, because it's a podcast that I hope, you know, me and Corey do for quite a while. Absolutely. I said thank you for listening. Thank you.